0: Hi and welcome to Meet My Followers episode number 29 for September 14th, 2010. I am your host, Kate Dworkin, and this is the podcast where I interview my actual Twitter followers. On today's episode, I am joined by David Alston at David Alston. As always, I have to thank this show's sponsor, Solvate. As I'm sure you've heard on a previous episode of Meet My Followers, Solvate is building the country's premier on-demand workforce. If you are a consultant, freelancer, or contractor, come join me and the other top independent professionals already on the platform. You can create your profile in the Solvay Talent Engine simply by heading over to Solvate.com. Today's guest is one of those high-level strategic thinkers who I look up to a great deal because of just kind of who he is and what he's done. And I would like to welcome David Alston to the show. David, thank you for coming.
1: That's quite the introduction. I feel like uh, I don't know if I can live up to that, but thank you very much. Appreciate uh, it. Good to be on the show.
0: You're working with you know some of the brightest people I know who are working at the company that you're the uh, VP of marketing at Radian Six. Uh, my my question to you kind of is you know what is Radian Six and and what is the the community that you guys are trying to build internally there?
1: Uh, well, Radian Six is a social media monitoring and engagement platform, and what that means is. Um, we help companies or agencies that work with companies listen to the mentions of brands or products or competitors or uh, their, their, their space that they play in. We help them listen to all the conversations in, online in the various types of social networks and blogs, forums, videos, all that kind of stuff. And it helped basically we, we capture that for them and allow them to analyze it. Um, allow them to engage on it and track their engagement. Um, we have workflow features that allow people to you know, basically scale this type of listing and engagement across a, an enterprise, across a team, and then be able to report on it and, and, and try to get at the, the return on investment uh, when it comes down to uh, the effort that they put into it.
0: It's one of these great tools that I was introduced to. It's coming up on two years ago now. And uh, the instant that I saw it, I knew that you guys were on to something. And the instant that I actually got a a trial account due to the fact that I was working with an agency here in in Scottsdale, um, I immediately started firing off tweets at Radiant6 and then eventually at Brian Dunphy um, because, you know, he's the lead UI guy. And so I was talking to him about things, and, and it's been fascinating to watch the platform grow and continue to become even more robust. Talk to me a little bit about though, the content play that you guys have started to make where, you know, you and Amber Nasland or you're fairly regularly involved with the engaged Brand Twebinars.
1: Yeah, we did that for a while, actually. Um, the It's been a while since we, uh, we did a, a Twebinar. We, we kind of switched away from, uh, from doing them towards more d- traditional webinars. Okay. Part of it came down to the fact that, Platform, the platform, the little kind of marketing t- webinar platform that we had uh, a local company build, mm-hmm. was really good. Uh, the only thing that we were finding is that uh, we're the reason why we call them t- webinars is because we kind of integrated with Twitter, where instead of having uh, the back channel communication for a typical webinar be the chat little chat box or you know you know where people could ask questions in audio, we were using Twitter to do that. Um, and we had a little app that kind of streamlined that whole thing. The, the problem you found was, of course, is that uh, a lot of the the webinar uh, features that you get with a WebEx or a GoToMeeting and, and, and others that offer that service are things like um, you know registration, the ability to send out a reminder to tell people it's coming up, uh, um, the ability to record stuff easily and then send it out, you know, have it available for posting later. So we we missed some of those features and we decided, well, you know, we could try to build all that stuff in Mm -hmm. or we could maybe switch back to the webinar format and still use Twitter as a bit of a back channel, which we have been doing since we switched over to uh, using the folks uh, at uh, WebEx, I believe. I could be wrong here. I hope I'm not. (laughs) um, And uh, so we've been doing some other webinars uh, since then, and it's been great. Uh, I haven't been on the the last couple, actually. uh, I believe uh, Amber's done some, Lauren uh, Vargas has done some as well, Um, and uh, it's been good. It's a good way to engage the community for sure and, and provide a little bit of content out to them. Uh, on a subject that we are passionate about and a lot of people are passionate about.
0: Sure. But it's also been a a great spot for you guys to interview, you know, top brands, right? And, And get their perspective on things. I mean, you know, the one that really stands out to me is when you guys brought in the folks over at Kodak. And, you know, that was one of those where it was, you know, really interesting to hear the thought processes of everyone who was on that call, because there are so many smart people who were involved in that one in particular. But it's, it's yeah. a ton of fun to see that you guys have kind of changed course as the community and as the technology has kind of forced you to.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, I think the one thing that I like about, um, uh, my job is I get a chance to work with some really great folks, uh, at radiant sex, but also with a lot of really, uh, uh, awesome customers that are doing some pretty innovative things. It feels a lot of times like we're all pioneers. We're all still learning. Um, uh, there's lots. There's lots more to, to happen uh, when it comes to how social is going to affect business, uh, how how it affects agencies and how they deploy what they deploy to customers, um, how it'll affect you know the enterprise from customer service to marketing to public relations to consumer affairs to HR. It's you know social is really changing a lot of that, and so you're seeing a lot of really cre- a lot of really creative ideas at various companies, and we're fortunate. Um, that a lot of uh, customers or uh, of ours mm-hmm. have selected us to work with us and um, and are willing to to share those ideas and uh, I think it's it's really cool when you think about it because you know in some in some spaces you know when someone comes up with a new idea um, they don't necessarily want to share it you know, they want to keep it to themselves but I find that folks that are dealing in social media they've got that kind of sharing, uh, gene, mm-hmm. if you want to call it, uh, kind of in them, and uh, it really does help uh, drive the industry forward at the same time, uh, and it gives a lot of uh, people uh, the ability to figure out stuff uh, from other people that have done trial by fire. So,
0: sure, it's one of those things where so many of us who are you know community managers or you know social media content creators, we 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 know that this isn't a zero sum game yet, and and it likely never will be. But, you know, so that's why it's easier for us to, to pass those kinds of tips and tricks and things that we're learning because, you know, some of our best pe- our best friends may be working for a competitor today, but tomorrow they, you know, for whatever reason decide to leave their job and are, you know, someone who could be on my team. So it's much easier just to build those kind of relationships and, and keep them, you know, strong because even though the, the banners that you fly under change, the, the good people don't.
1: Well, yeah, you hit the, hit the nail on the head uh, when you mention the word relationships. I mean, that's... That's the one thing that um, I think that if you look at, and I'm going to pick on marketing vertical uh, sure. we'll here for a second, but if, if you look at marketing um, so over the years, we've moved from a probably, let's say maybe it was 30, 40, 50 years ago. I don't know, but marketing was all about building relationships. Uh, and It was a lot more personal and, and you know, maybe it was because you know we didn't have a lot of mass media at the time. And then we kind of evolved away from from kind of the relationship building to more of awareness and, and brand building and that kind of thing, which is all good. Um, but the relationship has kind of taken the second, kind of gone taken the back seat. And I think that's the one thing that you know, if you're in if you're using social media, if you're in the social space, I knew you are it is it is all about building those relationships and knowing that you know it's an investment and it's something that you're able to you know um, hopefully utilize to help to help you know something you're working on in the future or vice versa that the other person can in help and I mean there's here's an example you and I uh, we've met over social media yep. we've met once uh, at a conference yep. and uh, but yet you know you're able to reach out and i don't mind chatting at all with you you know and i feel like i know you even though you know we really haven't spent a lot of time together
0: no i yeah. mean, it's one of those great things about social that you know i i never discount you know my online relationships as being online relationships they're just that's the frequency and medium of communication for right now yep. and so you know it's it was my personal mission for a long time to bring as many of those offline as quickly as possible Because I I think that once you get it to the offline space, it gets a little different. But if I already have context around you, my ability to pick up and be like, oh, how is your kids doing? Or, you know, what are you working on at work? How can I help? It's a heck of a lot easier. And so I totally agree with you on the thought process of, you know, relationships effectively coming back through the cycle, right? Where, you know, we went to the mass media, you know, production, no relationship. It's all push marketing kind of things. Now we're coming back around to relationship marketing, which is something that social media just inherently Enables. Uh, so that being yeah. the case, what are some of the high level? Because I know that you're, you know, you've had a lot of experience, you know, at high level kind of marketing roles in companies. How does that change things in how your how companies at a whole interact with their customer and consumer base?
1: Well, um, there's quite a few different things. Uh, let me just kind of jump around a little bit. Sure. I think one of the things that A company that has embraced social uh, at not only, uh, let's say, the community manager level, but at the executive level, uh, at the customer service level, at, uh, you know, know, whatever level they're at. I think the number one thing that I I like to say it does impact a a business is that it makes a business more uh, accessible um, and more human. And, and again, those are both based, uh, those are both components in relationships. When you think about it, you know, if, if I, if I'm, you know, when I connect to folks on Twitter, um, as an example, I don't necessarily, you know, immediately chat with them at the time. Uh, they follow me, I follow them. Mm -hmm. And if there's kind of a mutual interest there, then, you know, the seeds planted. And so maybe someday someone will want to reach out to me because they have a thought or they have a question. And I like the fact that I'm accessible to them. I'm not hard to find. Yeah. And you know, some I think a lot of uh, folks in, uh, that haven't really experienced social would be a little scared of that because they'd be like, oh, I don't know if I want to be totally accessible because I'm going to just be, I'll never get any work done. People yeah. are going to be constantly bothering me. But you and I know, okay, that you know, just because you're accessible um, to people doesn't mean that people are going to abuse that. Yeah. Um, it's the the rules of relationships still apply uh, of you know, human nature, and people people don't bother you. They you know if they have a question and they really need to get hold of you, they get a hold of you. And I don't know how many times a week uh, I'll get uh, someone reach out to me that I haven't either I, I've connected to a long time before, or I've I've been connected to on Twitter, and they say I need some help with something, and I make the connection. And I try to help them. To me, that's like that's the essence of business. That's the the core of it. And if you if you're not doing that, then you're kind of you're again you're you're breaking away from that whole relationship thing. You've got this brand and you know, all these channels. And if you the customer doesn't fall into one of those and sit on the line and wait or do all this other stuff or jumps for these hoops, then they don't get served. And I and I don't think that's necessarily the case. You obviously want to optimize that, mm-hmm. but you should still be accessible to learn and stay on top of what's happening. So that's that's one thing okay um, I think the other thing that I really like is the fact that social really helps you um, build a community and I think you touched on a little bit earlier in one of your questions and um, you know when the one thing that I, I really like about it is to me a community whether it's offline or on and online is certainly much easier these days in many cases because it's geographically not pinned down and, you know, and it's based on passion or interest and it's, you know, crosses boundaries and, and borders and everything. And it's awesome that way. Um, the thing about, I love about community is that, again, it's relationship-based. It's an investment. And if you look at what brand, like companies um, value, um, you know, you'll see stuff like, uh, you know, what, what's the brand equity of a company or brand brand value and you know, you know something uh, like a company like, let's say, Coke. Mm-hmm. They come out with the, you know, uh, the top 100 brands in the world and Coke usually is like number one or whatever. I'm not sure if they still are, but mm-hmm. they're usually at the top. Yeah. And they say the brand is worth something like, and I'm just going to throw a number because I don't know what it is, but let's say it's worth $50 billion. Yeah. Well, to me, that's an asset. And, you know, yes, Coke sells, you know, uh, carbonated, flavored water. Mm-hmm. If you think about it. Yep. But Coke the brand is worth so much to me. Community is the same kind of thing. Um, every investment in every relationship you make is something that's going to last hopefully a lifetime. Something that you're going to grow over time, and and you know all the benefits of being able to you know have if you want to call them in quotes friends mm-hmm. that are that will help you that you can help them. And you can share back and forth. That's an asset, and that builds over time. So, um, you know, whenever I hear marketers say, "Well, I can get a million eyeballs over here if I buy this media," yeah, but I can only get like ten thousand, you know, people in this community. Um, I say they're totally different. One is an expense. Once you stop buying that media, people go away. They may remember you for a little bit, and then they're gone. The other one's an investment. When you invest in people. And you help them, and you and you genuinely care about them. They're going to stick with you, and I think that's an amazing asset that I think companies are sometimes missing out on uh, when they're not thinking about building their own community.
0: I, I completely agree with that, and that's been one of those questions that, as I've spoken several times at, at Arizona State University and the University of Nevada Reno, um, has come up time and again. Right? Is that you know business students think they, they and even some MBA students have have. Seen that you know this is a massive investment, right? Why should I spend my company's resources, time, marketing dollars to redirect to these relationships? You know, when it, one bad product experience could send them flying away. And the and my answer to that question is consistently: if they have one bad experience and they know that they know that there are real people at the company, they won't yell and scream about it. They'll sit there and they'll call you or they'll send you an email or. You know, being accessible is not the worst thing in the world, right? I mean, way back when, 25 years ago, right, nobody – everybody freaked out at the idea of having a cell phone because you would constantly be interrupted, right, that you would never get any work done. Who would want to call you when you don't want to be found, when you're not at your house? So, you know, those kinds of things are are obviously very in flux right now, and that's something that I think is actually probably a good thing because people – are genuinely, in my eyes, good. And so if you treat people with respect, they're going to do that back to you.
1: Yeah, and the old saying goes, you know, when you have the choice between uh, two equal, you know, products, offerings, or whatever, the two companies you're going to buy from, you know, and one has a relationship with you, um, uh, you, you'll always buy from someone you like. That's the way I look at it. You know, people, it still comes down to the fact that, um, you know, whether that's... Um, you know a person that you've gotten to know or a bunch of people or the whole brand experience through again, where it's infused with people, I think in the end, people will buy from people they like, yeah. and uh, the other thing is you mentioned it, you know it's a lot easier to go and get it upset and dump all over a logo than it is to dump all over someone like you know, like yep. or someone that actually is trying to represent the brand. You're going to give them a shot. You're going to you're going to try to maybe reach out to them and say, hey, I need I need a hand um, because it's a person. It's not some kind of faceless corporation. It's an actual person that's out there
0: representing it. Yeah. And we all make mistakes. And that's and that's one of the interesting things that once you yeah. humanize a brand, it becomes a heck of a lot easier for you to say, I'm sorry, after the fact. Right. I mean, you know, we looked at it yep. time and again, you know, Domino's or United Airlines. I mean, if, if you do it right and you'd use the same medium or similar mediums. My goodness, it, it just completely it makes it go away a heck of a lot faster. You're not you know, on the entire Tylenol recalling billions of pills kind of, way, kind of reaction that's required in order to gain back that customer goodwill.
1: Yeah, and there's no question. I mean, the, the one thing that I've, you, you've seen a couple of times, and you mentioned some of these brands, is uh, they haven't necessarily invested in community ahead of time. So what happens is when something does go wrong, they're on their own. Yeah. They're lone wolves out in the wilderness and they they'll have to basically they'll have to try to turn it around on their on their own without any help from the community. If you've invested in a community and you have friends, yeah, you'll make mistakes. No one's perfect. So companies will make mistakes, period. And when they do, um they're able to, you know, if if they try, if they have a community, they can reach out to say what should we do? How can we help or or for that matter, if people are wrongly accusing a brand for something, the community will kick in and help. They will kind of defend them because they've built relationships. And so, again, it's, um, you know, when you're with a group, uh, it's much more powerful than when you're off on your own and you're kind of a loner. Hmm.
0: I wish that, you know, in in some respects, I, I love this being an audio podcast, but there are some times where, like this entire interview, I feel like, a video of me nodding my head, like, continuously <laughs> might be worth some value. But, David, uh, my final question in all of these interviews is, who are some of the people that you're following on Twitter whose content you love to consume?
1: Well, let's I know see. I'm putting
0: you on the spot.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, because um, if I start naming names, I'm going to forget some. Sure. But what I will say is that... Um, you know, what I've generally done um, is I've tried to follow um, folks that I consider um, uh, people that, that not only get, you know, whether it's the, you know, they're in the community space or they're in the PR space or the marketing space, but they're, they also understand the values of social mm-hmm. um, and they're willing to give um, they're, and they're willing to um, share their thoughts and knowledge. Um, and they do so not with a, the goal in mind of trying to, you know, sell you something. Mm-hmm. They're doing it because they're trying to add to the the, the discussion. They're trying to, to they're trying to help move the space forward. Um, I mean, we certainly, definitely, uh, from our perspective, with our blog, is that's that's definitely a goal for our team is to make sure that we, you know, share content that is that is uh, inspiring us or uh, questions that we have and thoughts that we have, again, around the space or around where things we think things are going, um, because we want to help the space forward. And so anyone that kind of has that same philosophy is someone I like to read, um, Mm -hmm. because, uh, you learn so much from it. And there's like literally hundreds of folks that are doing that, like that, well, thousands of folks that are doing it. I wish I had time to read them all, but, um, You know, so
0: well, but that gives people the context around how you tend to follow people. Right. And that's that's, you know, a great way to combine with some of the previous guests who have, you know, specifically pointed out people. And that's, I think, part of the the very interesting process here is that people can begin to see how someone in this space who is very experienced could uh, could could. Leverage Twitter successfully, but still have all these, you know, personal relationships, and I think that's that's a real value. Well, David, thank you again for coming on the show.
1: Well, thank you, Cade. And uh, just on that last question, you know, the, this this uh, your show here is a prime example of uh, the type of thing that really is helpful in the community. You I, know, you're, I, you're able to, you're bringing people together. You're having a discussion. You're sharing knowledge. You're sharing your thoughts. You're helping others share their thoughts. You're moving the thing forward. So I appreciate the fact you're doing this. So thank you.
0: Well, that concludes this episode of Meet My Followers. I hope you enjoyed listening to David. Uh, Please follow him. That's at David Alston. Go check out some of the cool things that Radiant 6 is doing as well. That's at Radiant 6 on Twitter or Radian6.com for their website. Thank you for listening to this episode of the show. I hope you'll come back for another tomorrow. Either way, though, have a great day.